Hi, this is Liam Heenahan, author of Beasts at Bedtime. You can buy it wherever good books are sold, including Amazon.com. You're listening to Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in three, two, one. Classes of 2020 all across the Midwest. Okay, now they're going to start mowing. Sure. I'm here today to give you your graduation speech. I'd like to thank Jacob in Wapaka for asking me to deliver this address. I was humbled and flattered when he emailed me saying, Dear Sir or Madam, my school doesn't have a graduation speaker because of the COVID-19. Could you give us some words of wisdom? Jacob, it would be my honor. I stand before you here today, not just because I have something to say, but also because I have nothing better to do. And that's a dangerous combination. Just ask your Facebook feed, okay? Still, I know many of you are upset right now because you won't have a memory of a traditional graduation ceremony. And to that, I tell you, I was at my traditional graduation ceremony, and I don't remember a lick of it. So in a sense, we're all in the same boat together today. You know, I'll tell you, it's crazy times for living in. If any of you would have told me that you saw this coming when you first got to the weed whacking. Yep. Now, now I bet you didn't see this coming when you first. Yeah. No. Gotta blow the blow the leaves. Yeah. I'll wait. Yeah. Was there a V8 on that thing? What's going on? And finally, let me leave you with this. Life is like a tackle box. You never know which lure you're going to get stuck on a dock or on a log or on a tree or on the Johnson's new boat lift. You try and get over there and get back to you and you almost electrocute you. Anyway, let me try that again. Life is like a tackle box. Don't mourn the lures you lost yesterday and don't worry about the lures you'll lose tomorrow. But enjoy the lures you have today. Now, if you'll all join me in moving your tassel from the one side of your hat to the other, right? That's how they do it. Classes of 2020, keep removing. And unfortunately, I lack the emotional capacity to say I love you, so I'll just end by saying, watch out for deer. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio, flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Good planets hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Good planets are in the main right. Good morning, everybody. Can't hear you, Mike. <laughs> Welcome to the Mike Novak Show with Mike doing a mime in the background. <laughs> Hey, 
We got a great show today. It is a beautiful Sunday here in Chicago. And for some reason, Mike's trying to get his mic going. But this is Peggy Malecki welcoming you for another Sunday and another show. We've got all sorts of things lined up today. Um, we're going to be talking this first hour uh, how social justice and environmental justice are all tied together. Um, we've got a great group of people with us today, um, including... Um, several area um, organizations, Veronica Kyle with Faith in Place, Mila Marshall, who's coming in, Kim Wasserman, Michael Howard. And uh, Mike, do you get your mic going there yet? Uh, I'm trying here. Can you hear me at all yes, right now? Yes, now we can. Okay, good. Because I, I took the mic off. I don't know. You know, in the rehearsal, there it was. It was, it was perfectly yeah. fine. And then suddenly, all of a sudden, Gremlins. Um, we, we get going and then it's... Uh, whatever. So welcome to the show. Thank you for uh, picking up the slack there. We're very uh, excited this morning to be talking um, with a great group of guests, uh, a panel today um, in light of what's been happening uh, in the United States and indeed across the world uh, in the last two weeks. It's uh, Today is day 13 of massive protests um, and it was all sparked by the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. And I got a, I got a headline today um, in, uh, in my email, which was pretty amazing because it, it, it addresses what we're talking about this morning. And this is just this morning. It comes in at 6.04 a.m. Um, a connection between George Floyd's death and the disproportionate impact of COVID-19 mm -hmm. deaths among African-Americans. All right. And I'm seeing articles like that all over yeah. the place. And basically it is the connection between uh, social justice and environmental justice. And the people who are on the panel today uh, have all witnessed this for you. This is nothing new for those folks. It's nothing new for me. Uh, and Peggy, uh, we've seen this for years, and, and it looks as though finally people are starting to pay attention to that. You can't have social justice without environmental justice. You can't have environmental justice without social justice. I, I call the blog post I, I put up today, environmental justice is social justice. They are one and the same. They, and, um, and this is something that has not had a lot of attention, at least it's not as much attention as it should have had over the years. So I want to get right into it because we've got a lot to discuss and some great people on the line with us, on, on Zoom with us this morning. And uh, we will start, and I think uh, Kim Wasserman is supposed to be with us. She I'm, is not I'm, at the moment. I'm, and I'm texting her now. What? I'm texting her now. Okay, so we hope to get her soon uh, from the Little Village Environmental Justice Organization in Chicago. We also have Mila K. Marshall, an old friend of mine. Mila, we discussed this six years ago. Uh, I remember when I was at uh, Progresso Radio down the dial and you came on the show and we talked about social and environmental justice. And then we stood out in the parking lot for an hour afterward and continued the conversation, which should have been on the air. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, it, it is a pleasure. And Mila is a PhD candidate at the University of Illinois at Chicago 
in the Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology. You also have, you've done radio, you've done television, um, and uh, you continue to work on these issues. Uh, with her is Veronica Kyle, the Chicago Outreach Director for Faith in Place and adjunct professor at Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary. Uh, welcome to the show, Veronica. Thank you. Uh, also uh, with us is Michael Howard. He's the CEO and founder of Eden Place Nature Center on Chicago's South Side. And uh, Michael, you've been on the show many times, so it's, it's a pleasure to have you back. It's always a pleasure to be home, Mike. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so I was going to start with uh, Kim Wasserman because of developments that coincide with this, things going on in the Little Village neighborhood of Chicago, which is, is mainly Latino. Uh, and one of the things that happened there was uh, briefly in 2012, two coal-fired energy plants in the city of Chicago were shut down permanently. One is called the Crawford, and that's in Little Village. There's another Fisk in the Pilsen neighborhood, also a Latino neighborhood. And, and even after that, eight years down the road, there are still issues with the Crawford plant, which uh, they tore down a smokestack in the demolition of the building, and it's a huge building. If you go down there, it many stories tall, and they tore down a smokestack on April 11th, and it released a cloud of, 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 of dust and who knows what else into the entire neighborhood of Little Village. And that's kind of what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about how in the middle of a pandemic can you do something like that to this neighborhood. It's a respiratory pandemic. And you tear down a building that releases smoke and exacerbates the problem with asthma. And as all of you know, people in lower income communities tend to have more asthma because they tend to have more pollution. Um, let's start with you. Uh, this is something that you've, you've witnessed for a long time. You and I got together last year on the south side of Chicago. Um, there's a bird sanctuary on Lake Michigan that has taken 20 years to get where it is now. And, and it has had plantings and it's starting to uh, attract nature. Um, it's a respite for people who want to come to the lake. And now there are plans to have a golf course put there. That's not exactly social justice. So with that as a jumping off point, um, I'd, I'm kind of interested and how you feel about, oh, and by the way, in the midst of all this, we've got folks marching uh, throughout the United States and the world. And the world. And the world in the midst of the COVID pandemic. All right. And I'm looking at the clock here and I'm realizing we're, we're going to have to break. So this is going to be the setup for what we do here today. It is talking about these issues. Let's see if we can put a little perspective in this uh uh, the, do the best we can to do that because we don't have all the answers. Uh, this is the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're very pleased to have these wonderful guests on our show. We're mental justice. We're talking about social justice. Uh, we hope you contribute on Facebook or Twitter 
uh, send us your comments. We're very interested in having them. We will be right back. Even during the COVID-19 outbreak, Bartlett tree experts are available to help you with your tree care issues. And now Bartlett is offering a new disinfectant application service for outdoor spaces. Because of their existing equipment, resources, and infrastructure, Bartlett has been able to make a quick transition to assist businesses and homeowners through the application of disinfected products. They can be put on walkways, patios or decks, fences, gates, playground equipment, stadium seating, park benches, outdoor furniture and tables, and most other hardscape surfaces. While these disinfectants are EPA registered, you still want to consult with a Bartlett expert who can walk you through any environmental concerns you might have and how often the product will need to be used. Give the folks at Bartlett Tree Experts a call because even in a pandemic, every tree and open space needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. From small boat to your table with complimentary no-contact delivery. Sitka Salmon Shares brings traceable wild Alaskan seafood direct from their small boat fishermen to your home. They're a community-supported fishery offering shares of their harvest just like your local CSA. Wild caught in season and with respect for the limits of the ocean. Responsibly harvested, hand-processed, blast-frozen, and vacuum-sealed. Sign up today. Use promo code MIKE25 for $25 off your share. Visit SitkaSalmonShares.com. In the past few months, we've all learned how to be smart, indoors and out. Take that one step further by being smart with your recycling, too. Don't put personal protective equipment or PPE into recycling bins. Those items can't be recycled by your waste hauler, and you might endanger your sanitation workers. Follow the rules of your local municipality. And please, don't throw PPE on the ground. A little common sense and some concern for those around us can go a long way. We're all in this together. More than ever, Chicagoans are looking for trusted resources to help them lead a healthier, more sustainable lifestyle. I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakenings, still Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach people that support this growing market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our readers are truly committed to improving their health, leading greener lives, and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, organic foods, health products, relaxation options, fitness and yoga classes, green landscapers, energy efficiency experts, and more. Our readers pick up their free copies of Natural Awakenings each month, or they read it on our website because they know it's our area's best source for reliable information about healthy green living. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more and check us out at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. One day when the glory comes, it will be ours, it will be ours. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and that, was, of course, is the song Glory uh, by Common. What was that? Oh, so, uh, I thought I heard somebody there. That's the song Glory 
uh, Common and oh, that was uh, <laughs> Common. Okay, and John Legend. Uh, uh, I, and, and Common starts talking. I go, oh, okay. Are you on the show too? I didn't realize I. I oh, had we didn't tell you. you. <laughs> Why didn't somebody tell me? I would have really promoted that if, if <laughs> Common had been on the show. Uh, we are talking about. Um, about COVID. We are talking about social justice. We're talking about the environment. I've got a great panel of guests. Uh, I have to let you know, I just got uh, an email uh, from Kim Wasserman. She says, apologies. I was hoping my voice would be back from the Friday rally and it's not. I will have to bow out as my throat is killing me and I can't talk yet. I'm sorry. Thank you for the opportunity. And it's a shame that she's not going to be with us uh, this morning. Uh, but you guys will more than pick up the slack. I'm, I'm sure we were talking, uh, I had addressed a question to, uh, Mila K. Marshall, uh, about, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, first of all, your impression of what's going on in the past couple of weeks and what is the connection that you've drawn to environmental justice? Um, so, uh, how have I been feeling? A part of me feels very excited. Uh, because people are seeing connections that uh, were already there, but now they're right in people's faces. There's really no escaping it. Um, as far as the connection between COVID, again, another opportunity where um, people of color, or specifically Black people, our issues with environmental health are being pushed to the forefront. And a part of me is really excited to understand as the dismantling of environmental racism that has attached itself to black people begins to dissolve, the uh, benefits will then travel to so many other people and landscapes. It's almost as though um, liberating black people from environmental justice and environmental harm is going to be a chain reaction for acknowledging the unsustainable practices uh, globally, uh, the connection between um, consumerism and oppression in other nations, the quality of air, land, and water relative to industrial neighbors in large cities. I really think we're looking at a shift, a paradigm shift in terms Mm -hmm. of our awareness across sectors, municipalities, at the local level, county levels, state levels, entire regions, um, academia in various departments, state agencies, federal agencies. You're talking about all of a sudden everyone becoming aware that the intentional hatred of Black people has created a lot of problems across the world. And for me as an ecologist, uh, it's very exciting to have people acknowledge uh, the harm that's been done to the environment and to other systems because of racism and bigotry, not just for Black people, but for people all over the world that are not white and poor people as well. Uh, yeah, and uh, and you can say, and, and I'm not going to make too big a deal of it, that poor people are poor people, and, and it's often the poor people who suffer, but uh, unfortunately, many poor people are people of color. And uh, Veronica, you were nodding as Mila was speaking. Uh, you're the state outreach director for Faith in Place. Um, how how do you think this is going to affect your work as you move forward? Wow, what a loaded question. Well, let me just start on the- <laughs> they're, they're all loaded <laughs> questions today, me, all of them. Let me, let me start on the personal. Um, okay. I'm a child of the 50s, born in 54, right? Um, Anniston, Alabama, you know, one of the, you know, cesspools of segregation and Jim Crow and Monsanto's playground for chemical warfare, right? 
Then my family decides we migrate. My dad said, we're going north in the 60s so you can get a better education, so you'll be able to do anything and be anything you want to be. And we land in Ogdo Gardens, the toxic donut of Chicago, right on the far south side. Right. And for me, this moment in time with George Floyd and COVID-19, you know, to echo Mila, this is, I hope, I hope, finally the moment where the spotlight on the hatred and degradation of Black people will be seen, and it is, all over the world. I mean, I'm getting calls. I've been blessed to live in different parts of the world and to have calls and emails from people from South Africa and the Caribbean and from France and Milan saying, we're with you, Veronica. We, we knew this day was coming. And it makes me proud to sit here today wearing two hats. My professional hat is a statewide outreach director with Faith in Place. Everything we do is through an EJ lens to provide equity to people across Illinois, all faiths, on issues around building healthy communities. And so EJ is about building quality of life, housing, healthcare, clean water, clean air, jobs, dignity. Try that. To have dignity, to look out your door, whether you are a Black child on the far south side in Argo Gardens, or you're an affluent child on the Gold Coast, and you see green space. You feel safe walking to school. How about having a good school? Right now, I'm looking at schools on the south side. My grandchildren, my son wants to move. Our average rating of a school on the south side of Chicago is a 2.5 out of a 10. Really? That's an environmental injustice. Blighted communities. And so what we do at Faith in Places, we meet people where they are. We don't come in and say, this is what we can do for you. It's what, what do you need done? And I look at the work that we do, and you can get people can get on the website and see we're bridge builders, we're educators, we empower. I'm also here wearing a personal hat as an African American woman born in the 50s. As the late great Fannie Lou Hamer said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And we have my co-visionary that came on. We've created an institute, a safe place virtually and physically for African-American women and girls to decompress. You're going to have to leave it right there for a second. got to break again. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We hope you stick around with this conversation. Now more than ever, whether you're a farmer or a backyard grower, it's important to protect the life of your soil. The folks at Blazing Star understand that, which is why they distribute Tinyo Biologicals. For 30 years, Tinyo seed treatments and foliar fertilizers have benefited both large and small organic growers. Many products are OMRI certified for fields or indoor growing. Go to blazing-star.com and check out their BioGarden line for home gardeners. Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but Summit Mosquito Dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. 
Just float an organic mosquito dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, mosquito dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Many people enjoy hazelnuts in chocolate spreads or as a snack. And as more fall in love with the flavor, the global hazelnut market is expected to double this decade. Keith Keeley of the Savannah Institute wants the American Midwest to help meet the rising demand. He says growing hazelnuts on a large scale instead of soy could help farmers and the climate. Like soy, hazelnuts can be a source of oil and protein, but they do not need planting and plowing each year. Hazelnuts represent a crop where we can have long-lived plants with roots deep in the soil, keeping that soil in place, adding more carbon to the soil. Keeley says growing them does not require eliminating annual crops. Farmers can plant the nuts in rows and raise other crops or livestock in between. And that also adds diversity to the landscape, which has benefits for spreading out a farmer's risk and for providing more habitat for wildlife. Expanding the Midwest hazelnut industry will take developing more well-adapted plants, And it will also entail building new markets for the nuts, such as for livestock feed and even biodiesel. But Keeley says the potential is exciting. It's really an opportunity for farmland to become a sponge that soaks carbon out of the atmosphere. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. with uh, Peggy Molecki, and of course that is the great Mavis Staples. Uh, that is uh, a song, the kind of song that, have been, that has been sung for many, many years with often not much hope that it would become a reality. And, and maybe something is changing, you know. Um, uh, as uh, Veronica Kyle said just before the break, uh, fa- quoting Fannie Lou Hamer, uh, sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I think, as I mentioned uh, to our guests uh, during the break, the world is feeling that way now. Yes. We, uh, I, you know, and, 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 uh, and I'm, (laughs) I'm a privileged white guy. All right. What can I tell you? Um, But I've been uh, brutalized by police. I can tell you stories back in the day when I first came to Chicago and I had, I had long hair and guess what? I got stopped uh, and uh, I got hassled. Um, now they didn't throw me to the ground or, or punch me, uh, but it did happen. And, uh, and, and again, that's, it's nothing in the scheme of things, absolutely nothing, but I have just a, you know, a little tiny bit of insight. So that takes us to Michael Howard, um, who is with Eden Place Nature Center on Chicago South Side. And you, you've lived this story of, of environmental injustice where you lived across the street was a dumping ground and you transformed your neighborhood 
uh, almost not single-handedly. You had a lot of help. You had friends who came in, who came in, and you got. Tell tell us a little bit about that story. Well, at first, I'd like to just start off, Mike, saying that as a survivor of environmental injustice, you know, it's only uh, it's only uh, only what you would call faith that I would have the job that I've had for the last thirty years. I've uh, I lived on the south side of Chicago in the uh, stench of the stockyards, and I breathed. Uh, asbestos off of all of the asbestos pipes. There were the heating pipes in the basement that my family of eight lived in. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I went to work at the post office, I worked under asbestos pipes uh, at the different areas of the post office that I worked in. Veronica, I actually lived in Anniston, Alabama when I served at Fort Fort McCullough. And so therefore I was uh, very, very... uh, very aware, very aware of all of the, the pollution that was taking place there by the evil devil that was down there. I also lived in a town called Hopewell, Virginia. They had a, a, a paper mill that polluted the air so bad everybody had asthma. It wasn't a percentage. Everybody had asthma. And mm-hmm. so I come to Chicago, and then I started living in a community that has the most lead poison community in the city of Chicago, the third most lead poison uh, community in, in, in the country. And so therefore, I have been forced to fight this battle against the injustices, not only environmentally, but socially. Mm-hmm. And see, environmental justice really is the, is the equitable distribution of environmental benefits and the environmental burdens. And what you're seeing right now out on the streets across America and the world is the fact that Black people have carried all of the burden for most of my life and way before that even. And so therefore, people are just tired of being the pack mule for all of the injustices environmentally and socially as well. And so for me, when we put Eden Place on the map, we had a lot of friends who came alongside and said, okay, let's make something that uh, black people can come and learn about how to protect their families from the environmental injustices that exist out there. From the lead, somebody mentioned schools. We found PCB in our elementary school and we had to fight the public school system to get them to correct PCB dripping on the children's desk for more years than I really want to put out there. And so it's been going on because people who are in power have this feeling that certain people of color, black folks like myself, don't have enough value to invest not only time in, energy in, but even the dollars that are necessary to change out all of the leaking PCB transformers and the lights that were that was showering on our children. And so Eden Place mission has been to build families from the inside out and help them protect themselves from a lot of the uh, issues that affect them daily that they don't even understand they're under these stresses, that they are carrying these burdens. And I'll just sign off just saying that I lived in a city one time who had parks. And if you went to the parks in one part of the city, 
They had all kind of amenities. They had slides, they had uh, pools, they had all kind of uh, uh, amenities that were just wonderful. But when I went to the park in my community, if we had grass and trees, we were lucky. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, and uh, I know, uh, Michael, that you and Mila have worked together. In fact, yes. I talked to Michael the other day. He said, oh, Kellen. And uh, <laughs> you've, you've changed names since then or, or, or relegated it to your middle name. Uh, so you've, you've experienced this with Michael. You worked hand in hand with him, didn't you, Mila? Absolutely. Um, I Just to put this into perspective of how far we've come, I am an alum of Chicago State University, and I'm proud to say I've been educated from pre-K to Ph.D. in the city of Chicago, and I love that. Um, and at Chicago State, I was the only environmental biology major um, at that university. And I think they said that they had had as an undergrad in over 10 years, maybe even 20. So here I am, the only black child, or I was an adult, um, looking to have an environmental background. And it's like, well, where do you go? Um, so I was able to piece together uh, a, a degree, and I picked up a minor in geography and uh, chemistry. So I have to, you know, acknowledge the geography department because it was through them that I found Eden Place. And um, if you're not quite sure about the Forest Preserve District, there are, I believe, six um, nature centers that are operated by Cook County Forest Preserve District. Eden Place is not one of those. Eden Place right. is owned and operated by Fuller Park uh, community development. And when I got there, the the fact that I was able to stand on land that we created from our perspective to educate our people from our perspective was extremely powerful. I get to talk like I talk. I get to not lose my professionalism talking about the environment and be a black girl. So the fact that Michael Howard and the Fuller Park community created Eden Place is a miracle in and of itself. So through that, uh, we were able to keep a partnership with Chicago State, and that's when we did uh, the Urbane Conference, Urban Thank Revolution you, yes. for Living African Americans to Natural <laughs> Environment. So we brought, and what was so funny, Michael, oh my goodness, people were calling like, can white people come to the conference? And we're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> there was so much pushback on why are we only talking about African-Americans? And that was the first time I got to say, you know what? Because we get to, right? We have a very unique reality and connection with the land and the landscape. If we look back this last year, we, we, we commemorated the 100th anniversary of the race riots that started as, it was an escalation of the pushback of black and brown bodies in areas of the yeah. city, not just natural areas. White Chicago didn't want us in white Chicago. They didn't want yeah. us on the street. They didn't want us commuting on transportation. So this connection between the environment and social justice and policing is the reality that people don't want black bodies to be seen or heard, but, we, but they want us to stand and to live and to be in places to be a buffer for the burdens and environmental harms to protect the rest of the cities that are seen as more valuable. The fact that the average Chicagoan does not understand, number one, we have the largest amount of African-Americans um, in a county in the nation, in the nation, is, is, is beyond me. But also that people don't understand that 60% of industry is located on the southeast side of Chicago. So how does segregation play into this for us? And this is where we get to have these conversations at places like Eden Place in order to broaden it, 
When you have a white person that lives in Chicago and works, lives in place in white Chicago, everywhere you go, everything you do is of a certain quality. You can't fathom Chicago, a global city, having anything less. So when we tell you we don't have grass, we have glass, you don't believe us. When we tell you our grocery stores are higher priced with lower quality, you can't believe us. When we say we don't get our garbage picked up one time, you don't believe us. When we say, hey, what's up with this ridiculous policy of $600 for grass that isn't clipped because, you know, like uh, that's inequitable, you don't believe that we're getting uh, fined greater. It's, it's, it, Eden Place, represents a space of reconciliation, but on our terms. Yeah, and you mentioned the $600, and basically there's a law in Chicago that where they, they've gone after people, uh, some of who have grown native plants in their yard because yeah. there's a there's a height requirement, and if you're over six, uh, a 10 inches tall, arbitrarily you get slapped with a $600 ticket, and a lot of people have done that. Uh, we're gonna be breaking here. Mila, I know you need to go so I want to thank you for, for being here uh, on this program. We need to do this again. Uh, we will continue with uh, Michael Howard and Virginia Kyle. Uh, I do want to say one thing before Veronica. we break. Veronica. I'm sorry, Veronica. I've been called Virginia. <laughs> Veronica. And, and I, I answer and I, to the bees. And, I, and, I, and I'm looking at it. And looking at Veronica and I, Virginia comes out of my mouth. I'm sorry about that. Anyway, uh, I will tell a story about Michael when we come back uh, again, Mila. Thank you much, so much for being with us. It's the Mike, uh, Mike Novak Show with Peggy Molecki. We'll have more of this conversation when we return. There's a new urgency for people to grow their own food. And thanks to Happy Leaf LED Grow Lights, your seedlings will be healthier with a better germination rate and faster growth. You'll get lower operating costs and higher yields. That's because the wavelengths are tuned to your plant's needs. They have a 50,000-plus-hour minimum lifespan, and they're made in America. Go to MikeNovak.net for the code to save 5% on your purchase and go to HappyLeafLED.com to get more information. Happy Leaf, it's about the light. This is Mike Novak from the Smart Talk Radio Network. Speaking of being smart, even if some businesses are opening up, COVID-19 is still a very dangerous disease. So if you go out, continue to practice social distancing and don't be bullied into doing things that you don't think are safe. You'll be protecting yourself and the ones you love. Look at it this way. If you don't like wearing a mask, you'll really hate being on a ventilator. Please be smart. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook and YouTube at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. We're also at TheGreenDivas.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on the Smart Talk Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up to get our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. I've heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord, but you don't really care for music, do you? Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and uh, I don't know, somehow this week, uh, uh, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah popped into my head and I said, that's a song also that I had to uh, play during the show. Uh, we're 
our, the number of guests has gone down steadily during the show. <laughs> we thought we were going to have four. We had three. Now we have two. And those uh, guests are Veronica, Kyle, and I got it right. I didn't say Virginia this time. <laughs> and I, and I, I'm sorry. I was looking straight at the at your name there and still got it wrong. Uh, the uh, state outreach director for Faith in Place. And we also have uh, Michael Howard, uh, CEO of Eden Place Nature Center uh, on Chicago's south side. I wanted to say something about uh, Michael and give him a chance to make a real quick plug here before we uh, go back to our discussion and wrap it up. Um, I was down at your office several years ago, um, and you got to understand the office on the site is a trailer. Correct. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a trailer. And uh, you have signs and plaques and awards of all kinds. And I was looking at them and I said, holy smoke, Michael, you, look at all these awards you've got. He said, yeah, awards are nice, but a check would be even better. <laughs> so you're right. <laughs> and, and that's part of the problem too, is <laughs> where, where's the money going? Where's the money going? And in, you know, even, uh, one of the things I wanted to address to Kim Wasserman, and I did not have the chance because she's still got laryngitis from speaking at a rally on Friday, so she couldn't be with us. I wanted to say, how is it that in her neighborhood where they tore down the smokestack and they polluted the neighborhood eight years after they stopped the, the, the coal plant, um, how is it that a black gay mayor can be so tone deaf to a, a minority community. I don't understand that. And I, that's a, an, a question that I don't think has been answered mm -hmm. yet. You know, there's some things that Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lori Lightfoot does right. But in terms of the environment, I've been hammering her for a year because I don't see a whole lot there in terms of the environment. And unfortunately that spills over into social and environmental justice. So, Michael, I'm going to give you, re uh, uh, Veronica, hold on to that thought, and I would like you to respond to that. And, Michael, you wanted to make a quick pitch here. Well, uh, I appreciate you sharing the story about all the accolades we receive, uh, yet, uh, yet and still, even with the White House endorsement, uh, governor's awards, uh, we still don't have donors that support the work that Black people are doing on the south side of Chicago. I actually know people who uh, brag about the work that we do, yet have never donated $1 to the work that we do and the families that we have helped save. So if there's anybody in your listening audience that wanna help support our cause, if you know what Amazon is and you shop on Amazon, <laughs> we are a charity. We are a 501c3 charity. Full of Park Community Development is the, the not-for-profit that owns and operates Eden Place Nature Center. And we are a smile participant. So when you buy something on Amazon, please sign up to make that contribution uh, to us via your, um, your purchase. It doesn't cost you an extra penny at all, but it will help a worthy cause to keep our doors open. Because this time right now in COVID, it's been a very hard time for not-for-profits. I'm quite sure Veronica can tell you donations are down. Please support people. If, 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 if you don't support like our farm, Eden Place Farms, we're the only place in Fuller Park people can get fresh local produce and they can actually walk to the farm and purchase it. 
And the great thing about our farm, if you say you don't have to, money to pay, we'll give it to you because we don't want anyone to be hungry. We have to talk, uh, Michael, about you being part of our Keep Eating Healthy campaign on the Mike Novak Show. Right. Uh, Veronica, so the ball is in your court here. We've only got about three minutes left. So well, uh, I'm, I'm going to give it the best, give it my best shot. It's a couple of things I want to say. Um, first of all, um, what I have appreciated most about this conversation is that you've had people that faith in place. We've been around 20 plus years, care and love. So you know, Michael Howard, for us, even places field trip for our Eco Ambassadors program, our youth. And by the way, to Michael's point, all of us who have youth programs and summer programs, we're running them virtually this summer. Look on our websites, donate to the future of our young people. Thank you. We must, part of the environmental justice movement has to be to continually inform, empower, and educate young leaders to be able to take this baton. I want to I say that the world will be better when we invest in youth, particularly youth in EJ communities. They're brilliant. They have, they're resilient, they have tenacity, and they have vision. So I just want to make that plug. Get on all of our websites. I see somebody wants to invite Kayla to talk. Let them do that. I also <laughs> want to say in 1991, the National People of Color Environmental Leadership created the 17 principles of environmental justice. Principle number seven says the right to protect victims of environmental injustice to receive full compensation, that's to LaVeho and anyone else who has been degraded and reparations for damages, that's African-American people, for their well-being and lack of health care. Can you imagine when Frederick Douglass, the late great abolitionist, in his speech made the comparison of the issue of slave labor and the degradation of the environment based on the soil erosion from the cotton plantation, the, 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 the miners, the, um, all of the ways that we were stealing the resources on the back of slaves then was going to hurt the environment. So the environmental justice voices have mm -hmm. been reeking out since the indigenous people. Ran off. And so what I want to, what I want to leave people with is what has happened now because of. You've got like 10 murder, seconds. You've got about 10 seconds. The murder of, of George Floyd and COVID-19 is that the spotlight is now on an issue that most of us who have been in oppressed situations have known all our lives. All right. And that we'll have to leave it right there. Thank you. We're going to do this again. Thank you, Veronica, Kyle. Thank you, Michael Howard. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be back after the news. We have one more minute, Mike. Oh, we have another minute? Yeah. I'm sorry. This is the old time clock. We just changed <laughs> our show clock this morning. Oh, so. Okay. I, I, All right. I, so Michael gets the last word. Yeah. Okay, well, Michael. Okay. And oh, maybe before we do that, then let me mention to Veronica uh, that uh, Faith in Place is faithinplace.org. Yeah. And um, uh, you can go to edenplacenaturecenter.org as well. Michael, now you've got 10 seconds. Okay. I would just like for uh, you guys to notice the picture that's behind me. Mm -hmm. The artwork that you see that was at our main gate at Eden Place was done by uh, a gentleman who uh, succumbed to the coronavirus. 40-year-old mm. oh artist, Leon Matkins. I'd like just to pay him tribute 
by showing his artwork today. Do it in his honor. Thank you both for being with Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good tools to make. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, if you noticed in the first hour, yeah, we're on a new clock today, so I'm figuring out what the new clock is here. I've also, I cannot hear myself in my headsets. Uh, I'm hoping you guys can hear me. Yes. You can hear me. Can I can hear you. you. I can hear you for some reason, although that's breaking up a little bit, but. Um, the zoom gods are not with us and I reboot, <laughs> I rebooted and everything just in, uh, in the nick of time to get back for the second hour, still same stuff here. So, um, and, and I didn't change a thing, but when we it's did, a, the past, it's a plot, it, it is, it yes. is, but, uh, we had a bunch of people on the show in the first hour. We have a bunch of people on the show in the second hour. We just, we just parade them through here and, uh, <laughs> Um, and those of them who can catch up with us on the, on the zoom machine, uh, we have two of our guests, uh, who are with us now we're waiting for two more because we're in this hour, we're featuring our keep eating healthy segment, uh, a, a feature of the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki and on, uh, the uh, zoom line right now, somebody who was with, was with us, uh, gosh, about two and a half months ago. Uh, or was it three? I don't know. March 22nd. It was a long time ago. It was when we did the it virtual. It was a world ago. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was like your strange. second Zoom show. I believe it was. It was our very second Zoom show. It was the virtual Chicago Flower and Garden Show. And that is Marcia Lautinen Raleigh. And that's. <laughs> my... That was awesome. Now, see, I. I'm I'm like uh, an elephant and some other beings I don't forget very much. <laughs> what? Huh? Yeah, my own name I can't remember, but uh, Marcia is the, the owner of Backyard Patch Herbs, and uh, I have to admit that we've uh, re- uh, received much goodness from you in terms of the herbs here in the household. In fact, we've taken uh, uh, part of 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 all of our. Uh, 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 contributors, I guess. And that's not the word I'm looking for. Members. Uh, what's the word, Peggy? Sponsors. Sponsors. Yeah. In the Keep Eating Healthy program. Uh, so Marcia is with us today. Also, we have a brand new company, business, farm in the Keep Eating Healthy campaign. And that is Joe's Blues, uh, which is, of course, a blueberry farm in Michigan near South Haven. It's part of Moss Funnel Farm in actually in Bangor, Michigan. And we have Frank, is it Corrado? Is that how you pronounce your last name? That's exactly right. All right. Frank Corrado. And you guys haven't been around all that long. I mean, about 10 years, right? Yeah. um, We're a father-son combo. I'm the father part. Uh, My son actually runs the farm. Uh, and I do the helping <laughs> sales yeah. marketing 
farmers markets, all that stuff. Um, we'll get back to you in a second, Frank, and I and I want to welcome you to keep eating healthy. And uh, uh, and look who is on the line, Beth. I don't know if you're set up. You have to unmute uh, so we can talk to you. Um, that is Beth Osman um, from. Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm CSA and Beth. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Mike. I'm great. How are you? All right. Is now is Jody uh, out and about doing his job? Jody is out and about taking care of the animals this morning. Ah, so you're not making deliveries this morning? Not today. The Logan Square Farmers Market is still delayed. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, is that unexpected? Was it supposed to have opened? Uh, when was it supposed to open? Normally, it opens Mother's Day weekend. Yeah, we know um, that. <laughs> right. Obviously, we know it was delayed. Mm-hmm. The um, the market management there has been doing a fantastic job of getting things organized and getting all of all of the safety precautions in place. I can't say enough about what a great job Rosie is doing. However, the city has been reluctant, I guess is, is a good word, to issue the permits needed. And this weekend, or earlier this week, we got an email on Wednesday night saying, hey, it's all good. We're ready. We've gotten the permits. We're going to start this weekend. And then we got another email Thursday morning said, not yet. Mm. Um, Mm. With all of the protests and everything happening this weekend, out of overabundance of caution is the way they described it. They've asked the market to delay another week. So we're hopeful for next Sunday. Okay. And and I hope that does happen because that's in my neighborhood, and I'd certainly like to to see what's going on and participate if I if I possibly can um, and that's an issue uh, that we've been dealing with here uh, Marcia and Frank do you uh, participate in farmers markets as well uh, oh, Marcia- yeah we're we're in uh, we've been in Green City market for a half dozen years now down in Lincoln Park and of course Lincoln Park is uh, closed still uh, and and pretty much uh, uh, we're still waiting for the okay. We're also in Lincoln Square, which is like Western and Lawrence. And they have said that they're going to open next Tuesday. I, you know, I haven't gotten any final okay either. Mm-hmm. All of this kind of is in limbo. Yeah. And uh, Marcia, what about you? I um, only do once a month on the farmer's market. So the one that I normally like to go to is the Elmhurst farmer's market. And they did open uh, last Wednesday for their for their first um, session, but there's no contact, so no product. Uh, everybody, you know, pre-orders are better uh, for people to just come pick up. Uh, you can spread things out, and then people can point and say, "This is what I want," and then you put it in a bag for them. But they can't like handle things, touch things, no samples. So they're they're implementing a great deal of protective stuff over there as well. Mm-hmm. And this is a world we live in right now. Um, a lot of, boy, you, you couldn't tell by watching the marches uh, nationwide that we're still in a COVID-19 pandemic. It is still an issue. The disease is still out there. Uh, people, if they're being smart and they go to uh, a march, uh, technically, they should quarantine themselves for two weeks, uh, having been in close contact with and others. get tested. And get if they can get tested. Yeah. Uh, you know. Go ahead, Beth. Oh, I was gonna say I know that the um, the governor has opened up all um, of the COVID testing sites. You don't need a doctor's referral. You don't need 
um, symptoms. And they're recommending that folks who have been to protests get tested five to seven days afterwards. I know this because my oldest son is in Champaign and went and got tested yesterday um, because he was at a protest on Monday. So I think that's that's really a positive and hopefully there's enough testing and enough um, of that to go around that you know all these folks can be safe. And how quickly are they getting the results from that? I. No, I think it's a, the standard three-day test, as far as I know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and I see that uh, Leslie Cooperband from uh, Prairie Fruits Farm and Creamery is with us. Uh, uh, Leslie, can you say hi? Are you ready? You're muted. You'll have to unmute your, uh, your screen there. And we've got a great view of your ceiling, by the way, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Sorry. Hi, how are you? Good morning. I'm so good. good morning. Uh, I'm pretty you, good, thanks. Great. Uh, speaking of champagne, uh, you're that way, and uh, you participate in farmers markets as well. So what have you been encountering? Well, the Urbana market opened on time. Mar May 2nd was their opening day with restrictions, and it is... Um, uh, each of the vendors has six feet in between them. Um, like the other person said, there's no product handling by the customers. Uh, everyone has to wear a mask. Uh, they, uh, there are greeters at the entrance to the market. There's a single entrance only. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm, Kathleen's telling me that there's some sort of double voices, which makes me think that somebody has got Facebook on live and it's feeding through here. I hope it's not me. I don't think it is me. Uh, so I'm going to check that. But anybody who's. I'm sorry. It is not me. <laughs> OK, and mine's off, too. So uh, and if anybody has Facebook on, turn it off. If just you're, turn the volume off. Or, or if you're trying to watch yourself, just just don't do it. Uh, mm -hmm. And we'll see if we can fix this. OK, um, so. What the real reality of the world right now is that uh, farmers markets all over the country are opening slowly, uh, some faster than others, but there's still going to be some concerns uh, from people do. And of course, the vendors are going to have to try to uh, uh, deal with the social distancing and the food. Um, and uh, one of the things that we've always, what we've been saying from the get-go for three months here on the show is that in, in a sense, your food is actually safer if it's uh, not going through so many hands on a way to the consumer. And I'm sure that uh, uh, you folks would agree. Frank, how do you feel about that? You know, I think the, the rules that uh, everybody has basically got the same ones uh, the rules I'm looking at for opening a farmer's market is about as exciting as going through an army chow line. Uh, <laughs> awful. That's the quote of the hour here. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it takes away almost everything you go to a farmer's market for. You might as well go to the jewel. And uh, I, I just, uh, it really uh, bugs the heck out of me. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure uh, I'm complaining. Uh, my complaint is correct. I mean, you know, people have to follow these rules to maintain safe distance. But, you know, when you when you put when you put that template on top of a farmer's market, it, uh, the outcome isn't. Uh, All so right. Big. 
Hold that thought. We need to break. We'll be back with Keep Eating Healthy. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Millett. Do you know that some kinds of landscaping services are considered essential even during this time of stay-at-home orders to prevent the spread of coronavirus? Bartlett tree experts knows that, and they will be there when your trees need help. With spring storms still a real threat, you might need to have damaged trees or limbs removed at a moment's notice. It's a matter of safety for you, your family, and the public. In addition, what if your tree, possibly an ash tree, needs its scheduled treatment to fight off emerald ash borer or other pests? The good news is that outdoor landscaping provides an opportunity for good social distancing. And Bartlett's teams have all of the resources they need to employ safe operating procedures. After all, safety has always been the linchpin of Bartlett tree experts, and that's not going to change now. So if you think your tree needs emergency treatment, even during this crisis, give the folks at Bartlett tree experts a call. Because even in a pandemic, every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. From small boat to your table with complimentary no-contact delivery. Sitka Salmon Shares brings traceable, wild Alaskan seafood direct from their small boat fishermen to your home. They're a community-supported fishery, offering shares of their harvest just like your local CSA. Wild caught in season and with respect for the limits of the ocean. Responsibly harvested, hand-processed, blast-frozen, and vacuum-sealed. Sign up today. Use promo code MIKE25 for $25 off your share. Visit SitkaSalmonShares.com. The world has changed. A year ago, you were growing food because it was fun. Now it's important. That's why you need Happy Leaf LED grow lights. Thanks to the best science, the wavelengths are tuned to your plant's needs. They're versatile, they're elegant, they have a five-year warranty, and they're made in America. Peggy and I are huge fans. Go to MikeNovak.net for the code to save 5% on your purchase. Go to HappyLeafLED.com to get more information. Happy Leaf, it's about the light. In the midst of a pandemic, you might be surprised to know that there are still many plant sales going on in the Chicago area. Most are online events with pickups or deliveries or both. And of course, social distancing. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki has compiled the most comprehensive list of plant sales in our region. Go to any page at MikeNovak.net and click on the 2020 Chicago area plant sales icon on the right side of the page. Happy gardening and stay safe. This is Mike Novak from the Smart Talk Radio Network. Speaking of being smart, even if some businesses are opening up, COVID-19 is still a very dangerous disease. So if you go out, continue to practice social distancing and don't be bullied into doing things that you don't think are safe. You'll be protecting yourself and the ones you love. Look at it this way. If you don't like wearing a mask, you'll really hate being on a ventilator. Please be smart. Salami, Tommy. Give it the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. You bet. That's a great Cab Calloway, and it's a song that I really like, and it's very appropriate for our conversation this morning. We're talking food, uh, especially the Keep Eating Healthy campaign on the Mike Novak Show, and with us 
on the Zoom machine are Jody Osman from Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm. Go to cedarvalleysustainable.com. Uh, Marcia Lautinen Raleigh from Backyard Patch. Go to backyardpatch.com. Leslie Cooper Band from Prairie Fruits Farm and Creamery. Go to prairiefruits.com. And Joe Corrado. Frank. I'm sorry, Frank. You've got Joe on here. You've got Joe and Frank. You've got, you messed me up. Oh, you're right. All right, there's Frank. Uh, go to joesblueberries.com. And you can find all of those links at mikenovak.net. Uh, um, and uh, they are people who are making go, making do during the COVID-19, um, which is going to stretch out a little bit longer. So there's still, as we were talking about with farmers markets, there's still some concerns and, and some hoops to jump through hoops of flaming blueberries and hoops of flaming, uh, lemon balm cheese okay? and, and cheese, flaming cheese. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a Greek thing. Opa. Um, let's uh, start, uh, Marcy, uh, with, uh, backyard patch. We were talking lemon bomb during the break, uh, and you've got your visual aid for those watching on Zoom and YouTube. There's uh, lemon bomb. Um, you like that herb, don't you? It's one of my favorites, uh, second only to lemon verbena. So I'm kind of partial to lemon herbs, I guess. Um, but lemon balm makes a great tea. It's wonderful for relaxation. So I use it in a lot of my tea blends. And this time of year is the perfect time to harvest it. Uh, the leaves are fresh. It hasn't flowered yet. And you can get your plant to be twice as bushy if you cut it now. Plus, it won't make as many flowers, which means it won't spread as bad because it won't make as many seeds. In theory. In yeah. Theory. It, yeah. My feeling is you might as well be planting Creeping Charlie as planting a lemon balm. But uh, that's but you see, you take care of it. You 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 get to use it. So just be smart about some of the plants you grow and, and tell us just a little bit about what are you featuring right now in terms of your your herbs and your spices? Well, this time of year, of course, it's grilling season. So I have uh, meat rubs and uh, barbecue spices and uh, and then the, the teas that make the great iced tea that you can use that are 100% caffeine free. So you're not uh, weighting yourself down with caffeine and you can have some uh, tasty flavors. Uh, lemon balm is a real good component of that. I also have one with rose and hibiscus in it. So it's a beautiful red color. Um, rose hips I use in that. So it's, a, it's high in vitamin C. So it's great to have in the morning. Fantastic. Uh, and I have to say that uh, in this household, we have used some of your herbs and your blends. Um, add, what you can do is you just get creative. You take mm -hmm. some of them and something needs a little, a little something. You're not sure what it is, a little something, something. And then you, you try it out. Well, I found um, when I first started going to farmer's markets that people didn't know what to do with herbs. And so they were like, oh, I could get this herb, but then what do I do with it? So then I started just blending them together so that people wouldn't have to think about it. And what I found was with the herb mixes and the seasonings that once it was blended together, then people like your wife went out and did all kinds of cool, creative things with it. Like she made polenta with it uh, a week or so ago. And that was awesome. I, uh, by, the, by the way, I don't want you talking about my wife because that's going to make Kathleen very unhappy. Okay, this is two different people, uh, and so uh, that uh, if uh, 
grilling season and you're, and you're, and you're advising people to get mm-hmm. some of these things and, and try them out yourself. Have you got any specialties that you like? Uh, my specialty is the garlic and herb. I like it because it's versatile. You can make bruschetta with it. You can put it on chicken. Uh, it was formulated to make garlic bread because in my family, if you don't make good garlic bread, then you're wor- you're worth less. <laughs> uh, so it does make that very well, but you can blend it with olive oil or butter or make a dip with it. So it's nice and versatile. We were talking right before the show started about using it in gazpacho as well. Yes. Yeah. So Do you it, like your tomato soups in the summer? Uh, and and bring in the new guy on the block, and that's Frank Corrado from Joe's Blues in Michigan. Um, so you guys decide you wanted to to raise blueberries you, you, or grow. Can you repeat that, Mike? You broke up. Okay. Yeah, I got a. It's telling me you have an unstable internet connection. Well, there's not much I can do about that. I'm pretty unstable myself. <laughs> What made you want to grow blueberries, Frank? Well, you know, uh, actually, um, <laughs> in retrospect, 10, 11 years later, we've uh, written a podcast, uh, kind of a sketch comedy podcast that explores a lot of those things. Uh, hopefully, when uh, we can get it recorded, um, it'll uh, it'll be a lot of fun to listen to. You know, we had a kid out of college uh, who uh, was really good with his hands and looking for something more to do than uh, um, you know, working, uh, delivering, uh, pizzas and stuff. And, um, we'd been up here in Michigan for, for 35, 40 years and never thought about the fact that we're right in the middle of this great fruit belt. So, um, a couple of things came together 11 years ago and, and, uh, we, we bought the, a patch of land, uh, and turned it into a farm. And one of the early things we learned, um, was, uh, that if you tried to, to get into the system up here, uh, you know, uh, it, you grow your berries, the, the processor buys and they get frozen or maybe they go fresh. It's, it's a, uh, a big, uh, a big player's game, not a little player's game. So we went to retail, which, which has been very satisfying for us over the years. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, we've evolved now that we have, you know, basically two operations. Uh, we have, uh, the three quarters of the year operation, uh, which is CSAs in Chicago mm-hmm. and farmers markets and, we sell a, a wholesale to other farms, um, like uh, say Allgrass Farm up in uh, uh, near uh, Dundee and places like that. Um, and uh, so that's one part of our business that keeps us going all year round. And then the second part is uh, the summer. You know, there's this magic six week. Okay, period. I got, I got, I got to hold you there. We're we're about to break. We'll finish. Okay. About- Malecki, we'll be right back. Small food operations of all kinds, farms, CSAs, and farmers markets are going through uncertain times. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki has just launched a campaign called Keep Eating Healthy. Farmers, here's your chance to get the word out to our loyal, committed listeners in difficult times. Write to Mike at MikeNovak.net for more information. We'll tell you how we can help you market your products. Let's help each other out. That's Mike at M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net. Chicken the corn, on the corn can grow, mama. When chicken the corn, so the corn can grow. When chicken the corn, so the corn can, mama. 
and chicken corn, so the corn came wrong. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. There's our friend Brushy One String singing his Chicken in the Corn song. Uh, uh, And I guess I have to ask Beth, have you had that problem? Had the chicken in the corn and the corn can't grow? I'm sure if we grew corn, we would. But uh, (laughs) the chickens are everywhere. Uh Uh-huh. We're we're talking to the folks who are participating in our Keep Eating Healthy uh, campaign on the Mike Novak Show. We were talking blueberries. Uh, before we broke with uh, Frank, Frank Corrado from Joe's Blues in Michigan. Uh, and you were talking about this is the time of year for fresh blueberries. The uh, When is the, uh, we, we talked about this the other day, but when, when does your crop hit its peak? Looks like this year we're going to start uh, a little early, right around the 4th of July weekend, maybe even mm. a little bit before that. Uh, we've been con- concentrating uh we're we're concentrating on trying to get the early varieties because the bugs start coming in about mid-july and so we're we're trying to get the uh, we do organic growing mostly so we're trying to get the earlier varieties and keep the uh before the bugs get there well what what kind of what kind of pests do you have to deal with the biggest one in the area has been uh spotted wing drosophila or as they call it locally the fly uh it's a (laughs) could be a movie. Uh, it's a terrible little uh, bug that uh, just digs into the, uh, to lay its eggs inside the, uh, the blueberries, makes it, makes it mushy, uh, uh, not a, a, a difficult to control, uh, expensive to control. Lots of people are putting lots of pesticides down to prevent it. Um, since we're organically uh, committed, we, we uh, are trying to get the berries out of the field before that happens. Yeah. And now I understand you have a CSA and I had never heard it. I have to admit, I never heard of this before. The idea of a CSA that is just blueberries. Is that right? Right. Yes, it is. Uh, but, you know, we have a, a lot of uh, value added products. Uh, so for most of the year, from October to June, we do frozen blueberries. Uh, and then uh, along with that, we sell, you know, we have wonderful ice cream that's 35% cream. We've got Ooh. vinegar. We've got um, uh Jams that are zero sugar, you know, very hard to find that for people. So that uh, all together keeps uh, keeps uh, things going in this little CSA. And we also supply to other uh, folks that uh, have CSAs, vegetable people. All uh-huh. of us in the business are trying to figure out, you know, we know because of these new rules that farmers markets everywhere are going to be down in sales this year. Uh, so how do you how do you do that? How do you deal with it? So for the market, uh, when we, we try to get people now to come up to the farm for the summer, we're trying to get uh, more you pick. Uh, we're actually asking people to schedule times at the, at the farm. Uh, they can schedule two-hour blocks, uh, and that, that way we can protect them, put them in a safe area. We have two or three farms that we uh, have available uh, for, for pickers. So that's one way to, to deal with the COVID issue. And um, the other thing is, of course, the, the scheduling. And we also encourage day trips up to the farm. So a lot of people are, you know, they want to get out of town really bad. And mm-hmm. so we suggest people come up, pick for a couple hours, uh, then that they go to the beaches and stuff in South Haven, the shops. Yeah. And then on the way yeah, home. And, like and maintain social distancing the whole time. Yes. I, <laughs> you got to do that, too. One, one last thing. On the way home, sure. 20 wineries back from South Haven. Right. You're absolutely yep. right. All right. Well, let's let's go to Leslie, uh, who with Wes Gerald 
runs Prairie Fruits Farm and Creamy. And I, and I have to tell you, Leslie, we've had some of your goat cheese. We've been putting it in our mm-hmm. salads. Um, we, we pop a little bit of that in. And one of the things that I'm astounded by, and, and I imagine you have different kinds of goat cheese there. You have, what, 110 goats right now? Is that right? Yeah, we're, we're actually milking 108 goats. 108. And, and I was reading your blog the other day, and you're describing the different state, different kinds of goats, and I don't recognize those names. I don't know the jargon. Uh, can you give us a quick jargon alert on, the, on, on what you call different kinds <laughs> of goats? Like the boys and the girls and the young ones and the old ones and the milkers and the yeah. non-milkers? Sure. Uh, well, um, it's pretty similar terminology for dairy across the board, but um, uh, well, males are bucks and females are does like deer. And uh, the um, uh, the ones that are like first time mothers. So we, we breed our, our dolings. That's a, a, a female goat that was born um, in the same year. So we now have our 2020 crop of dolings. Um, last year's dolings, the 2019 dolings got bred in November, December of last year. And they are first time milkers, also known as first fresheners. That freshening means that they had a baby and started producing milk. Wow. Uh, and so um, our first fresheners, we uh, this is kind of as we grow our herd, we're realizing there's a lot of social dynamics among uh, goats. They're very hierarchical and they have a very strict dominance hierarchy. So grouping them by size and age class helps to minimize the fighting of of a smaller, younger goat with an older goat. So we have a whole barn that is just the one and two year olds now that are Mm -hmm. milking and um, everybody older is in a different barn. And uh, so the younger ones can have better access to feed and less competition and less fighting. So um, we have, and each barn has access to pasture. That's, uh, we're certified animal welfare approved. And that's a requirement through our certification that every, every group has access to pasture. So tell us, uh, a, so, uh, oh, I was just going to say, tell us ahead. some of the, the, the great products you have. You, you've been uh, big on chevres uh, this mm-hmm. spring. I've been and, and flavored chevres. Right. Yeah. we yeah, we're trying to do so. Chev, Chev is just a fresh, uh, very fresh goat cheese. Our our Chev is incredibly fresh because we're making it um, with milk that is like 24 hours old, and um, we've been doing seasonal flavors to capture what other ingredients are available this time of year. So we had a fresh chive and lemon zest. We did a we have a really great rhubarb patch. So we had. Um, a chef do a rhubarb compote and we put a dollop of that in chev. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some pickled ramps that we had pickled from last season. We put those in the chev. Uh, we're scheming for the um, upcoming weeks. We're waiting for the garlic crop to happen so we can do like a roasted garlic uh, chev. I think that's, yeah, I think that's that going to be really silly. yummy. Now uh, you, yeah, uh, so. you, uh, do you mail your uh, packages to anywhere in the country? We do. We do. We have um, online an online store that we launched in, in haste as part of our attempt to keep things afloat during the pandemic. And um, we're 
mostly trying to cater to our within two day ground, but we have shipped to the coast, um, also two day, two day air. And uh, for the most part, things are arriving in, in good shape that way. And uh, Marcy, do you do the same thing? Yeah, I send, uh, the nice thing about dry herbs is they're, they're uh, lightweight. So they mail first class really easily and they arrive in a couple of days. And uh, what about you, Frank? How far can you ship? Or you don't? We, uh, we can ship our value added products. The, the shelf stable stuff we can ship uh, pretty much anywhere. Uh, fruit you can't ship to the West Coast uh, generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so mostly our, our business is in uh, Michigan and, and in Illinois and the Chicago metro area. Okay. Region of Wisconsin. Now, Beth, you guys have been, you've been schlepping into the city and the environs and doing social distancing and masks. I've picked up stuff from you um, and you talk about being exhausted, but it's really rewarding. Talk a little bit about that. It really is. Um, you know, in this, since this whole pandemic and everything started, it's, it has thrown us for a loop, as you can imagine. We do a monthly meet CSA. Um, that's our primary business. We also do the, as I said earlier, the, the summertime farmer's market. But our meat CSA has not only been thriving, but actually um, growing over the past couple of months. Our biggest day ever, I think, was a, a month or two ago when there was all the stories about meat packaging plants closing mm-hmm. down because yeah. of infections and inhumane conditions. One of the great things about the small processors, the small butchers that we work at work with, is that the animals and the humans are, are all treated respect with respect and, and with care. So that means that the our supply of meat is ongoing. We don't we're not we're not closing down because people are being sickened and uh, animals are being mistreated. So it's been busy. We've made it adaptations. Like, like you said, we've gone to a no contact pickup. So all of our pickups are outside. Now we have people drive up, pop their trunk. We put the, their new bag in, we take their old bag out and uh, they're on their way. So we miss having more contact, more interaction with our members, but this is really the best way to keep everybody safe and to keep supplying that meat. Yeah. And uh, as you mentioned, it's an alternative to the, the meat you get in a store and you don't know where it's been, who's been forced to mm-hmm. work to, uh, to put that there. Uh, sure. You also, you sell eggs as, as well. And it's all humanely raised. And we've got like uh, 20 seconds for you to address that. Well, we raise our animals in the ways that is most natural to them. They are outside, they are on pasture. Um, we're not strictly grass fed, we're not strictly organic. But we do do things in ways that take good care of the animals from the time that they arrive on the farm, either when they're born or when they're um, when they're they're purchased in the case of the the meat chickens, um, all the way through to when Jody delivers them personally to the butcher. All right. uh, I got to leave it at that. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, Marcia. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Frank. Go to our website for all their websites. We'll be right back. 
Whether you're working 500 square feet in your backyard or a 1,000 acre farm, it's all about the soil biology. The folks at Blazing Star get it, which is why they work with industry leader Tinyo Biologicals. Tinyo seed treatments and foliar fertilizers can be used on all types of crops to improve plant health and overall production. Take it from the people who transformed a depleted former cornfield into a vibrant native landscape. Go to blazing-star.com. And while you're there, check out their pollinator packets. Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but Summit Mosquito Dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. Just float an organic mosquito dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, mosquito dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. This is Mike Novak from the Smart Talk Radio Network. During the coronavirus outbreak, you can still find fresh, healthy food or help others receive it. Donate money or goods to your local community food bank. Support a local farm or buy a CSA share. Go to feedingamerica.org or ampleharvest.org or mealsonwheels.org. There's so much to do and so many ways to do it. Don't let anybody go hungry in this time of crisis. We're all in this together. needed that that's, that's <laughs> that was me by the way falling into the mine shaft and going all the way to the bottom uh and uh i'm not sure who the bugs bunny character is maybe that's you peggy saying Poor maroon. <laughs> so naive so trusting welcome back to the mike novak show with peggy molecki uh let's go right to meteorologist rick demile the uh, the looney tunes was not a reflection <laughs> on you okay not a reflection on you at all rick Hey, Mike, even though it's Sunday, remember, marijuana is legal in the state of Illinois. <laughs> what the, What does that have to do with anything? I have no idea, Rick. Hey, I mean, there's a way that you can kind of chill out, right? If um, uh, if beer yeah. and wine or bourbon don't get you there, marijuana. I'm just... Yeah, I'm just going to uh, jump down a mine shaft. That's how I'm going to chill out. Okay. Uh, oh, but, you know, just bring a nickel bag with you. You'll be fine. Okay. Oh dear. Oh my god. <laughs> you guys are acting like it's like a horrible thing to say. Pot is fine. It's legal. I know that. I don't I don't want to talk about okay. marijuana. I want to talk about hurricanes and, and, it, and weather. And it, and it is and it is it is a it is a vegetable that you can grow in your garden. So how about that, right? More like not without herb. your card. It's more like an herb, okay? <laughs> I would not call it a vegetable. There you go. It's an herb. Yeah, that's what we call it. George, George Carlin used to always joke about the fact that we never say the word marijuana. Mary Jane, tea, herb, pot, all that other kind of stuff. Marijuana. Well, um, yeah, but marijuana was, a, okay, you want to go down that road? It was invented. It was a way for the U.S. government to make it sound scary. 
Okay, so it had yeah, a Latin I flavor guess. to it, and they, it was done on purpose. Uh, like you know, yeah. uh, 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 what's the uh, the the weed movie they had in the '30s, uh, which I can't remember. I'm blanking. Reefer Madness. Oh, Reefer Madness. Um, right. Yeah, Reefer, Reefer Madness. Madness. Yeah, yeah. And, and remember, and Peg, what's hilarious about that's, it is they they actually showed that to it in junior high school, thinking that thinking that if they showed that movie to us, we would go, ooh. Wow, look at that. I'm not going to smoke pot because I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> and we were all laughing. We were so far ahead of the of the teachers at that point, even in like ninth grade. It was just so funny to watch that. We thought it was a joke. So how anyway, about them hurricanes, yeah, guys, Rick? Yeah, how about them hurricanes, Rick? <laughs> um, you know what? Obviously, we're, we're supposed to be talking about Tropical Storm Cristobal, only because it's got a name, but... This is about as weak of a tropical storm as you can get. Matter of fact, um, I just got a tweet from my my colleague Mike Seidel, you know, who works for the Weather Channel, um, right. and he's been down in Grand Island, Louisiana, uh, reporting on it. And I, I sent him an email this morning or a text. I go, Mike, how's it going? His response was great. He sent me back a satellite image, and it was tropical storm my ass. That's what he actually <laughs> said because the storm. I'm, I'm serious, Peg and Mike. This storm doesn't have any sort of resemblance <laughs> of a tropical storm because it's lost the characteristics that you would normally attribute to a tropical storm, meaning that you have circular motion from the surface all the way up to 30,000 feet. The center is basically a line from the bottom up to 18,000 feet, and it's able to feed off the warm waters of the Gulf. But this thing has actually had so much dry air entrained in it uh, that it's basically going to come on shore with maybe 30, 35 mile per hour winds, two to three foot storm surge, and maybe four to five inches of rain. So it's going to be on the way, way, way low end of an impact. The only thing that's going to be interesting that's a about good it thing, is though. by the time it gets up here. Oh, it's a great thing, yeah. And the thing about it is, and you know, the Weather Channel has to do their thing. They have seven reporters out, three to cover it in the morning, three to cover it in the afternoon, and one kind of standing by in case someone. Um, you know, loses a power or something like that or gets injured, but that's basically what they have to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your news outlets are always going to be somewhat criticized for overdoing it, but you always got to be prepared somewhat for the worst. But still, this is a low-end event. What makes it interesting is the earliest we've ever had, uh, the third name storm, Gulf of Mexico water temperatures already approaching 83, 84 degrees. The only reason why this storm isn't going to get going is because the water temperature is fairly shallow. In other words, you have to really have it down to about almost maybe 60 or 70 meters, close to about 100 feet. Because the water is warm just to a very shallow depth this time of the year, once the wind gets going, it kind of mixes the cooler water up. So unless you have a storm that kind of moves through the Gulf in a very quick amount of time, which they won't do this time of year, these things are destined to die. But again, the question is what's going to happen when it comes up here Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday morning, Mike and Peg, and that, that I think mm -hmm. is the most intriguing thing about this particular storm. Yeah, it looks like it's going to blast its way through the center of the country, leaving a lot of rain, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to leave a lot of rain in a very narrow quarter. One of the reasons why that's going to happen is it's going to lose some of its tropical moisture. It's also going to be moving at a fairly quick rate. The problem, though, is that once it does come through, there's probably going to be some very, very huge amounts uh, very large amounts, rather, of shear. Shear meaning both speed and direction. So at the surface, this thing is actually ramping up. It could actually intensify as it joins up with an upper trough coming in from the Rocky Mountains, which already 
is producing severe weather in parts of the Rocky Mountains. So even without Cristobal having this energy coming in from the western United States, it's already going to be a formidable storm. But it looks like this could end up deepening even further from where it is now. And a couple of studies that just came out from a couple of research scientists from the University of Albany in New York says that it could be the strongest June mid-latitude cyclone for the Great Lakes ever. And this is going back to like the late 1850s. With that said, yeah, that's really amazing, Peg. We can easily see uh, 50 to maybe 60 mile per hour wind gusts on the front side of this and maybe even stronger on the back side. And that's going to be sometime late in the day on Tuesday into Tuesday night. And with that, obviously, there are going to be a couple of tornado watches, but the watches may be up for about an hour or two. So I think the interesting weather with this event is going to be more so when it gets into the upper Midwest rather than what's, what it's doing along the Gulf Coast. So where, where do you expect that uh, path of rain to hit in the Midwest? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. Probably from about, I'd say, Kirksville, Missouri, up to about Des Moines, Iowa, to about La Crosse. That's going to be where you're going to have a narrow band of maybe five to eight inches. For us, maybe one to two, because the movement of the storm is going to be fairly quick. We've also mm-hmm. been somewhat dry, believe it or not, over the last 10 days. As odd as that sounds, we can actually use a little bit of rainfall. Yeah. So most of this rain is actually going to be, I think, beneficial. Okay. Well, give us a forecast with that in mind. Yeah, hopefully warmer today, still only mid-60s along the lakefront, near 80 inland, 85 to 90 tomorrow, mid to upper 70s on Tuesday, only mid-60s on Wednesday, and then staying below normal to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of next week. Okay, and and some rain there in the middle of it. Rick, thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll talk marijuana some other day. Easy wider, my friend. (laughs) Okay. I want to thank everybody on the show today. I don't have time to go over all the names because there were so many, uh, but I will thank Randall for his work in Kayla. And wave goodbye to Hannah. She's leaving us after helping us so much. So thank you. Until next time, go green or go home.